0: Welcome back to the cold stove podcast. I'm your host from lovely Austin, Texas, Brett Merriman in front of me from parts unknown, the one and only NHL rumors, daily NRD. What's going on with you today, my friend,
1: what is up, Brett parts unknown for maybe not much longer. We'll wow. see. Okay. We'll see, but uh, parts unknown there. parts unknown for now. That's what is. Yeah. That is what is known as a tease in the business. Um, doing well, exciting week of hockey. Um, I've been very curious to see after last night how you're holding up, so we'll get to that in a minute. But well, I, I just, just have no, know no, that no my idea what
0: you're talking about, dot couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't put a finger on it.
1: Know that my week and how it went was directly tied to last night's outcome, mm. and now I'm very interested, you know, to see how my week will continue and progress after we discuss this.
0: So, you know what we we might we might get into it at some point in the podcast. I don't know. We're uh, a could. podcast. We couldn't. It <laughs> wouldn't NID, do us any harm. Austin, Texas has been 80-something degrees all week. We have our first cold, cold front coming in right now. And your boy is psyched. Like highs not, only, not in the 60s, like highs in the 40s coming in. Ooh, so tomorrow, a yeah, little, uh, little Texas TCU tomorrow. I might be, uh, might be there, might not be, but probably will be. It's going to be cold and chilly for college football. I'm sighted? So and then and then it's like extended over the whole week. So usually we'll one will come in, it'll be like 65 for a day, be kind of nice and muddy or whatever. No, we're getting crispy. Crispy yeah. season down here in Texas. Very exciting. Uh and you're right. Good week of hockey. Good week, of hockey. week of hockey. Last night might have been uh I might have been offline a little bit. Yeah. Might have been watching watching some uh some intramural volleyball. Perhaps I had a game of my own last night. Oh, I got I this is bad radio. I got fucking slashed last night. Nrd, and I'm you can't really see it, but I'm getting like I have a full on, full on welt going on in my army. Oof. So shouts to the uh, shouts to Kohler over there. Fucking keep your stick in check, Kohler.
1: There. Listen, when when Brett talks about his Brett Merriman All Star team, he emulates on the ice exactly what he likes his team to do.
0: Right. He's Poor in the corners. Check. He's Not mucking check. it up. Brett's an
1: all-around player. Let's be honest. If you were building, you know, you go into the NHL video game and you build your player type, Brett's a grinder.
0: Brett's a two-way forward, maybe to a grinder status. Two-way. I'll, I'll, that's that's probably the perfect way to put it. Two-way forward. I can dish. I'm fast. Hands leave something to be desired. Uh, I shoot into the goalie's chest a lot, but I do get I do take a lot of shots. So my Corsi would be great, and my like expected goals would be just abysmal.
1: You'd be in. Oxymoron in the analytics community,
0: dude. I I had a uh, I had a breakaway last night. Like I blocked a shot from the point in the D zone, off my shin pad and like perfect breakaway. And I I kicked like I did the the foot the right foot in the air. <laughs> you did the I donkey did the kick. Not, yes, I did the donkey <laughs> kick, and then and then went to fake backhand and the puck rolled up on my stick and just like trickled into the corner. It was. It was ugly, that's, It was that's ugly. known as a
1: bo. That's known as a Bo Horvat in the business oh, now.
0: It was ugly, 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 and all the boys around the board just like banging the stick like Merriman. Ugly scene, ugly scene, and and we got our first loss of the year. We were eight zero and one going into last night. picked up the picked up the the L, unfortunately. You uh, just tell them
1: you were trying to do the
0: off when you go to the bench. Uh, it was, was one of those things that it was such a surprise that I just, I was like skating. I I was so all alone. And I, just too many thoughts. I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I had no, like, I have no default breakaway move. And so I was just like, oh, I'm going to kick, fake shot, backhand, roof. Kind of dad suit a little bit. Yeah. Didn't work out that way. I'm just going to keep it simple next time. Try to fake, go five hole and call it a day.
1: Question. Last question on the subject. Sure. Did you play that in your mind as you were skating down towards the net?
0: Yeah, oh, like you, yeah, would,
1: you had those visions in your head, of scenarios, the donkey kick to the backhand, top shelf. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. It was, and it, if, even if I didn't roof it, it was just donkey kick, fake shot, go backhand, roof it, or or just go over the goalie's shoulder. Bad. It were was you bad. thinking? Were I you think thinking actually, about your
1: selly? Were you thinking you, about your selly no, after you scored? You,
0: you don't you don't sell in this league very much. But you know what? There's there's the, a thing called like live barn or something now that. You, yep. you, your parents can like watch you practice from home or whatever it is mm-hmm. there might be footage of this i'm gonna to have to go try to find it
1: i would love that and if we can get it it will be up on all of the cold stove socials <laughs> i will put it up on nrd i will make I, sure it gets seen everywhere you've absorbed your
0: visual content i may have to go try to find this okay uh that'll be that'll be for after the podcast but what else? That's, that's enough about me, NRD. What else is going on? What intrigues you in the NHL right now? Last night obviously was interesting. Uh, the Devils are still interesting, right? There's a couple injuries. Wierenski, Zach Wurenski in Columbus, unfortunately, done for the year as of this morning with a torn labrum. Uh, he now joins the club of arthroscopic surgery for torn labrums with your boy after his sophomore year season of football. But what, uh, what, what intrigues you right now? What do you want to dig into?
1: You know, there's the obvious. When you talk about you having a breakaway last night, there was another guy in the NHL who had two breakaways last night, didn't score on either, but then turned mm. around and scored three last night, um, against a former club somewhere in Western New York. Is that like
0: Bo Horvat, or was that like uh hey, you know uh Thank you no Trevor Zedris? But no, I, it's Jack yeah, I Eichel. Think, yeah. I know what happened. I didn't watch any of the game. I wanna get out in front of this. I didn't watch the game. I had prior engagements and a hot game of my own. So I didn't watch the game, but rest assured, the texts and the tweets were Certainly hitting my phone. So I, I followed along on social as much as I could. He was due. He's playing so well. And, and listeners of this show know I'm a Jack guy. Like, no, I didn't want him to leave. No, I, I, I know buddies of his. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Jack guy. I don't, I don't follow the douchebag narrative because I know him a little more personally than maybe some people in the media, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I, I, I have and always have been rooting for him. And he was due to come in fully healthy on a team that's playing excellent hockey right now and just whip, whip it. Like, I, like he was, he was unbelievable. And in the highlights I've seen, it was the breakaways were funny though. You hear the crowd just go nuts when he yeah. stoned on a breakaway. And he and went then, for the you know, same I, move
1: twice on both breakaways. And I thought, you know, you know so after, we'll after the do? second one, after we'll the second his, one,
0: let's get those highlights and we'll splice in mine. in the middle of that? We'll split them. We'll do a (laughs)
1: split-screen action of it. I I could pull that off. I think I can get all the ones and twos and make that happen. I honestly thought after both those breakaway misses, I was like, okay, it's going to be a fun game, right? Because Jack's going to be snake-bitten. He's not going to be able to score in Buffalo. They're going to ride him all night. And then, you know, he gets an easy one. The first goal was a wide-open net. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Quite the the big
1: The big monkey-off-the-back celebration. You know, how you like me now? Um, Are you not entertained? I think Brian Boucher said, but you know, after that second goal beats Comrie low. And the third goal is an empty netter from behind the goal line, which is mm-hmm. pretty impressive. You know, and, and it's, it's a fitting conclusion because, like you said, you're a Jack fan. Many people, you know, that root for the Buffalo Sabres team share that same sentiment because they don't necessarily root for the organization. They root for the the 23 on the ice wearing that sweater. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a lot of the sentiment that you heard after the fact for some Buffalo fans, you know, in the social space last night was, you know, we're booing him because it's fun and it's that rivalry and that give and take that back and forth. But really, you know, we blame the people who were responsible for screwing him over with his surgery choice and whatnot for him actually leaving. Granted, he had his issues with the organization before that, but still. So I think it's a nice end to like, all right, he came in last year. Still kind of nursing that injury. Vegas wasn't good, didn't have any linemen to play with. Cody Eakins doing the whole neck thing, <laughs> making fun of him. The crowd gets on him, he goes ice cold. And then tonight, he co- or last night, I should say, he comes out, scores the hat trick, gets one back at the Buffalo fans. And I think at this point now, yeah, they'll still boom because if I know anything about, you know, the Western New York folks out there, they're a very passionate group of fans. But I think it's, I think we can settle down now, simmer down now. As they say, this trade worked for both teams, and uh, I think both parties can move forward.
0: I think that's probably the uh, the most balanced, fair take you can have, which I agree with. I, I it's the Sabers got him last year in Buffalo. He got us this year in Buffalo. Like it's it, it's kind of fitting, and I'm glad there is a little bit of a rivalry. I, I was kind of critiquing the rivalry last year. Like, well, come on, like what are we doing here? We ran him out of town, like. He's pissed off, rightfully. Like, there was just a lot of weird... Sim- now it, now it's become fun. I think enough time has passed. He's healthy and playing well, so it's, it's a little easier to have more fun with it. And the Sabres are good, so it's not... The fans aren't in a, in a terrible mindset, right? So it, it has become more of a fun rivalry, and I think I will enjoy that moving forward. So uh, hand up, I was wrong on, like, the let's quit the, the rivalry stuff. I think it'll be fun. It's called.
1: a little, you know, it's a cross-board analogy here. If anybody saw the the Michael Jordan doc, The Last Dance, it's more similar to the MJ-Larry Bird rivalry, the whole hug each other, you bitch, fuck you kind of rivalry, yeah, than exactly. the MJ-Isaiah Thomas rivalry, where there is true hatred there and bad blood between both parties.
0: Look at NRD. Look at the range on this guy. Listen, he can go 80s, 70s. Nineties. is omnipresent,
1: man. have yeah, parts unknown. I could I could be there. I could be elsewhere.
0: So they have to change your name from NHL Rumors Daily to just rumors daily. R D. Um the last thing I'll say on the Sabres thing. That was a fun night last night. Uh they were they were in the game by all accounts of, of the stats I was looking at afterwards. And it wasn't a blowout by any means. Mm-hmm. Like and Vegas is a very good team. Buffalo's gonna be fine. I, I, I'm gonna withhold judgment on Buffalo's current kind of skid, I guess you can call it, which they've been in every game. It's none of them. The Arizona game was nasty, but like they lost four to one. It, uh, two skates were hit. Posts were hit. Like it was just a, one of those weird bounce mm. games where nothing goes your way. And they won all of the shot shares and, and you know, analytics. So is that, that's just okay? burn the tape. That's not our game. We didn't get the result. We were supposed to, whatever. Same thing. Vegas, same thing. That's a great team. Outplayed him at times, but but we're very much within the game. And all I'll say, finally, on Buffalo's, I'm I'm withholding judgment until they have their three of their top four defensemen back in the lineup. We're playing with guys that are not their rotation. So uh, by all accounts, Yoki Haru is coming back soon. He took a puck to the face. Really, really bad incident a uh, couple couple weeks ago. He'll be back soon. Samuelson's getting closer too. He had a knee injury that looked really bad. Was not as bad as feared. He's skating again, so that'll be good. Dalene's obviously been awesome. Power's been great for a 19-year-old kid turning mm-hmm. 20 next week. So I'm, I'm excited about them. We've got to figure some stuff out with Casey Middlestat, perhaps. Uh, Jack Quinn, healthy scratched after having a pretty good start to the season. Paterka's a bombshell. So like, they'll, they'll be fine. So I'm going to yeah. withhold judgment until they're a healthy team. And, and I realize that nobody's healthy, right? Like Warensky done for the year. All of a sudden, Columbus, any momentum they have,
1: is now is, is stopped. Torch. I mean, not that they had much momentum to begin with, uh, right? But,
0: but yeah, just just the most recent example in in my head, right? And so it's like, what is Colorado? We'll know when Landisgaard's back, and what is New Jersey really? We'll know when Blackwood's back. So I I realize a lot of teams can say that, but that's me. That's a, that's my Buffalo soapbox right now. Since you mentioned
1: Columbus and Warenski, it just kind of popped into my head, like. Did Johnny Gaudreau sign there a little too early? Like, because I don't think Columbus is a bad team. Like, Merzlikens and Corpasalo are solid mm-hmm. goaltenders. Patrick Laine is Patrick Laine. Um, they have guys there that you could say, okay, this guy might be a player in two or three years. Like, or maybe one more retool before we come out of, you know, this... Re- like, did Johnny Gaudreau just go there like two or three years too early? Like, do they have to retool one more time the rest of that roster before they're set up for success?
0: Yeah, I think I, – I'm sure you can absolutely make that argument. I think part of it with Johnny, or Johnny Goudreau, too, was the the lack of pressure. You know, his, his fiance or wife or girlfriend is very involved in the medical community. Columbus has awesome hospitals. Not that, like, New Jersey or Philly doesn't. But I think it was just kind of the right place, right time for him. Money's obviously great there. Goes a little bit further than New Jersey or, or Pennsylvania. So I think there was a few factors. Was he expecting to win right away? Probably. You mm-hmm. know, they, do, they don't have a bad team by any means yeah. on paper. So all of a sudden it's kind of like, oh, what's going on here? But no, I, I think he's probably okay with the decision still. Like if, yeah. if, you told, if you gave him this start and said, hey, this is going to happen, I think I answer your question by saying he still probably does it yeah. with all the other factors.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think it's just kind of popped up as you said it, only because like like I said, they're, they're a solid team. We're not going to say they're a great team, but they're a solid team as constructed. I just think they're a couple years out and they might be one or two more years of like retooling and adding pieces and maybe shifting, not necessarily selling off, but just shifting the way that roster is balanced before they're ready.
0: Yeah, I, you know what? I, I certainly subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely subscribe to that. You know what else I subscribe to NRD? Our friends over at Nord VPN. You familiar with what a VPN is? It is something
1: I use when I want to watch Connor McDavid highlights. Let's mm, there you go. Explicit videos like Connor McDavid highlights because he's tearing exactly. up
0: the lead. Virtual Private Network. That's what a VPN NRD A service that protects your internet connection and privacy online. It creates an encrypted tunnel for your data. Protect your online identity behind your IP address and allows you to use public Wi Fi uh, hotspots safely. You ever go on public Wi Fi and it's like that's the easiest place to get hacked, not with a VPN. What I do or what I did with a VPN was are you familiar with the show Letter Kenny? I oh, am. Yeah. It used to be only available in Canada. Okay. So I would do it on a VPN, basically telling. The computer network that i was in canada so i could access the network that it was being streamed on and i could watch letter kenny from my apartment in boston when i went to northeastern vpns Dang. are the wave they're the future and let nord vpn be your guide travel if you want if you're going to cabo you're going to toronto you want to watch american tv or you're going to England or Qatar for the World Cup, perhaps. I don't know what their network looks like, but VPN's probably the safe move there, I'd, I'd imagine. Probably state-controlled, uh, their network. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> VPNs are what you need private, secure, and allows you to watch your shows and your content from a different country. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com stove. And you'll use code STOVE to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan, plus free threat protection, plus, double plus here, one additional month for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, huge discount off your NordVPN plan, plus free threat protection, plus one additional month for free by going to nordvpn.com slash STOVE and using cold, uh, code STOVE. What do you think, NRD? The, uh, the Devils are real. Toronto's kind of figuring it out as we go. You want to start with Toronto? We owe them an apology.
1: No, <laughs> because we'll be vindicated in like three more weeks.
0: Oh, okay. I the like ebbs that. and
1: flows of the Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: I, uh, you know what? I'll I'll co-sign on that. I think that's they're a team that who knows who knows what we're getting there. They're list. They're gonna
1: be good, right? Like we know the talent that they have but at the same time they're not they're there's bad teams and then there's underachieving teams. Toronto's a habitual underachiever. They're not a bad team. Mm, so like yeah. to to say any given week in the regular season and and I've you know been the guiltiest party. I'll put my hand up of of overreacting or reacting to some degree to Toronto's, you know, ups and downs. Like they're a good team. They're going to have the ups and they're also an underachieving team, so they're going to have those downs. I still think that None of this matters when it comes to Toronto Maple Leafs until the first round of the playoffs. If they make it to that point mm-hmm. and they're faced with a 3 2 series lead in which they lose to a team that is tired and beaten up in the Tampa Bay Lightning and they still can't get out of the first round. So until that happens, you know, it's just going to go up and down. That's the ride. Welcome to the Toronto Maple Leafs. You must be this tall to ride this
0: ride. That's how it really goes for them. There you go. Let's stay in the division. The Boston Bruins are. By all accounts, clicking on, I mean, all fronts. Currently standing atop the Atlantic Division at 12 and 2. Really good goal differential, really good up and down the lineup. Uh, but the last two weeks ish have been kind of a dumpster fire uh, off the ice. And yeah. we did not mention this last week because it was sort of fresh and new, kind of looking for details more than anything. I think we have a a better idea of the situation here. Would you like to lead off on the Mitchell Miller front?
1: Yeah, it's just, you know, as you mentioned, we, you know, we're very transparent on this show. We started recording and then maybe five minutes before we hit the, uh, the on-air button, or maybe five minutes after, that's when the signing kind of came through and was announced mm-hmm. and it didn't give us enough time to really grasp the scope of things, but it's a stupid move. It's a boneheaded move, um, you know, there's no justification. Clearly there isn't because he's no longer a part of the Boston Bruins organization, you know, as a player, he's still, you know, contractually obliged and that's a whole nother mess in it itself, but you know, it, it's just a dumb headed, it's a dumb boneheaded move by an organization that has had some questionable decisions from Don Sweeney and Jeremy Jacobs and Cam Neely to some degree since they took over. And for a team that's performing as well as they are, right. You have to now understand that when you make a move and sign Mitchell Miller, you are now throwing the players in that locker room into the fire. Patrice Bergeron has to answer to this. Brad Marshawn has to answer to this. Um, David Krejci, all these guys have to answer to the decision that you made, even though they didn't make the decision, because that's how the sport works. That's how the media works. And I think Patrice Bergeron handled it fantastic. He did not for one second defend the shield, you know, run back to the mouth that the hand that feeds him, He, from the get-go, said, I don't agree with it. The kid's got a lot to learn before he comes into this locker room. And, you know, that's a decision that Don Sweeney and Co. made. But as far as I'm concerned, he's not mature and he's not welcomed in this locker room. And I commend Patrice Bergeron for being a leader and not just doing, you know, what the organization told him to say or do. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a dumb situation because there's no reason why this kid needed to be signed in the National Hockey League. And this is not about cancel culture. It's not about, you know, somebody said the R word when they were 13, 14, 15 years old. That's not what this has to do with. He exhibited, you know, and, and was convicted on like habitual right. behavior of bullying of, of of a black disabled kid. And it was not, you know, giving him wet willies. I mean, there was legit like the, the stuff about the lollipop. I'm not going to look it up. It's disgusting yeah. and it's wrong. And this kid had issues. And there's no reason why Don Sweeney's going to sit there and justify signing a kid like him because they have a weak prospect pool. Well, let me tell you something. There's plenty of kids over in the O and the Q that could put up 60, 70 points that aren't racist and aren't a shitbag. So it's a it's a bad excuse, and, and I think it's a black eye on the Boston Bruins organization for no reason. Don Sweeney's an asshole. Cam Neely's ignorant, and Jeremy Jacobs is the mastermind of the whole thing.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Totally fair. It's it's not about cancel culture like you said, it's about being an asshole over a long period of time, especially with little to no remorse. Every every apology has been sort of hollow yep. and they hadn't nobody talked to the family of this poor kid who's been going through this for fucking forever. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's just it's just bullshit and there's no reason to to like that kid you, as far as I'm concerned, you fucked up your opportunity, man. There's plenty of other kids that aren't a fucking That's exactly that's kind of my point you
1: said all week we all week we heard the only excuse for this signing was you know Boston's trying to build up their prospect pool and they're giving him another chance like there's plenty of kids out there that just aren't you know assholes to do that with like I said you know there's been many things said and written about this situation I don't know how much levity I'm going to provide to it but you know I I think we all want to have our opinions heard and that's what we do on this show and it just it's just not right, and 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 again, because there's there's the detractors that say cancel culture. You know, this kid shouldn't be punished for what he did in middle school or whatever. Yeah, when when you when you make a mistake and you show remorse and you say that's not who I am, that's not what I represent. Yeah, you deserve to be you know allotted that opportunity again. You did your time, um, but this kid clearly has not, and and I think that's mm-hmm. the bigger issue, right? Not taking away from anything else, like what he did was very wrong. And I don't think I'd allow somebody to be in my organization if they did that, even if they showed remorse. But at the same time, he did not. The issue is with the fact that that kid for you know six or seven years now has not directly apologized, has not learned from his mistakes, and probably still has the same mindset he did when he was 14.
0: Yeah. Years of it. Years of it. All the stuff that's uh, the victim had, had posted some stuff. Like, hey, like he's reached, he's reached out and been like, let's be friends. Let's be friends. It's like, dude, come on. Like yeah. there's no, there's no sincerity here at all. He's just trying to check a box so he can show a GM that, oh no, we're good. We're, we're, we're great. So, uh, an incident is one thing. Habitual behavior is another thing. Mm-hmm. His second chance should be in speaking to kids who are in danger of the same thing. He should, that, if you want to redeem yourself, man, go, go make sure this doesn't happen to another kid yep. or kids. That should that's your second chance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, your dream is fucked. Go make sure it doesn't happen to somebody else. That's kind of my point on it. So, uh, and then and then maybe we'll talk after after you do a couple of years of that because it, it's a mindset and, and it, like you're you're a parent in this situation. Imagine getting phone calls from teachers and the principal saying, "Hey, your kid's such a shit bag that." Like we, there's there's this going on on and on and on, and just not doing anything about it. I, I can't understand that. So
1: listen, that's the bigger issue at play here too, and it's not like not not blaming Mitchell Miller, but like look at you know from everything that we heard that's been documented through the courts and accounted for. Like it's not like his parents are any better for that matter. Exactly. So
0: and that nine times out of ten, look at the kid. Look at the, at the look at the parent. Yep. Yeah. So. That's what we'll say on that. Uh, hopefully, the victim can can move on and, and is able to enjoy life and is able to get past this. And, and hopefully, Miller can redeem himself in some fashion. Like you don't want you don't want the kid's life to be ruined. This this path is probably out of the question because he's he's been such an asshole for so long. But go do something productive. I mean. What's, what's make sure really, it doesn't happen to other kids.
1: What's really fucked up is his life isn't ruined. He's going to make 225 k this year because yeah, I can't yeah, buy yeah, him out getting, from his contract.
0: Right. So, yeah. That's that's what I wanted to say on that. Just wanted to mention it. Know that we are certainly thinking about that stuff, and, and we don't have to soapbox it forever. I, I mm-hmm. don't like when people try to make it all about themselves here. That Some media outlets do. But I did want to mention that because you, you see this shit a lot. And a lot of it goes unreported, un, you know, kind of swept under the rug. So I just uh, I hope the best for everybody involved in the situation. Uh, speaking of the Bruins, Charlie McAvoy, in a bright spot for them, uh, on an extremely hot team, they get potentially their best defenseman back. Danard, do you see that going uh, continuing the run, or is it kind of like does that mess with the juju in the locker room?
1: Not at all. Um... The the strong get stronger. They are 8-0-0 at home after last night's win. Charlie McAvoy scored um in his first game back last night. You take a team with the prowess as, you know, the Boston Bruins, what they're doing right now on the ice, and then you add a piece like Charlie McAvoy, who deserves a Norris Trophy. If he can just continue to play, like if this injury doesn't affect him and he can continue to play at the pace that he's played at in his career, well-deserving of a Norris Trophy. So... I don't think it messes with any juju. In fact, I think it just keeps them up there, if not propels them even more into that elite status of you know one of the best teams in the league.
0: Yeah, I love I love Grizzly too, McAvoy, Grizzly, Clifton's, board. Like that's that. That ends up you, you on paper that decor doesn't scream like you know awesome, mm-hmm. but consistent. Yeah, it's consistent and Allmark. You know, for what he's done there, Linus Allmark had a winning record in Buffalo over the last however many years he was there. I don't think people know that. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know how crazy that was that he was a winning goaltender for the Buffalo Sabres in the last like five, five seasons? That's, that's r- ridiculous with how that team has been. So it's just like, wait, wait a second. What? It's just one of those. Wayne Gretzky stats. And you're like, no way. Yeah. No way. Like he's not, he's a winning goaltender.
1: You know how the NBA has like the sixth man of the year? Like it doesn't go to an all-star. It's just a guy that contributes. I feel Linus Allmark would be in that category of like, you don't realize he's just been so consistent and like held the team together. Like he's not a Vesna (laughs) winner. He's not a Hart Trophy winner by any means. You're saying. But he's like the sixth
0: man of the year. He's Andre Iguodala.
1: Yeah. He's like the Andre Iguodala of goaltenders award, which I think is a thing of being told they're handing that out next year at the award ceremony. It would go to Lena Salmark.
0: I like it. Sign me up. I'll 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 write in as a member of the uh the NHL media. No, we, we the awards we do, speaking of McAvoy, we we need an offensive defenseman award and we need a defensive defenseman award that's sort of outside the Norris thing. We we need we need a few more awards because I'm tired of talking like Selkie Hart, whatever, every year. Because it's all just we just I think we said it, it just last just year. Show.
1: We need the Bobby Orr and the, the Larry Robinson.
0: Yeah, exactly. There we go. Uh Let's hear real quick, NRD, from our friends and sponsor of this episode. I'm gonna try that again. Let's hear from our friends and sponsor of this episode, BetterHelp Therapy Online. NRD, been through a lot the last couple of years. Couple, uh, couple losses of my parents, some, uh, some pandemic stuff, relationships, you name it. BetterHelp has been there for me every step of the way. Unfortunately. Life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. How about that writing? BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere, 100% online. Huge shouts to Nancy. My online therapist, who's been remarkable and just kind of like, gets you back on your, not necessarily on your feet. It can if you need it, but for me, it's kind of been a mental tune-up, some maintenance. Every couple weeks, boom, 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 BetterHelp is awesome. Everyone deserves to feel their best and BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy plus more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Here's what you do. Fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist. Anytime could not be simpler. And like I said, whether it's grief, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's sort of just, I feel pretty good, but I'm a little unfocused here at work, or I'm a little down at work, or something going on in your life, whatever it is, you name it. They match you up with somebody who's been there, experienced in, in XYZ emotions, um, and they'll get you moving forward. Use it as a tune-up. Use it as a as a crutch. Use it as a, a treatment of sorts. Doesn't matter where you are in the spectrum of mental health. You can be great. Check in every once in a while. You could be really going through it and check in more often. BetterHelp is there for you. It's been there for me, and I can't recommend it enough. So, Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save ten percent off your first month at BetterHelp slash stove. Again, Better H E L P dot slash stove. Uh, let's uh, let's go to the Devils. Nrd Marty Brodeur back in the organization after a couple of years with the Blues. He was an interim kind of situation there, kind of a consultant, right? And mm-hmm. now is more official. Your thoughts on uh, arguably the best goalie of all time, getting more of a permanent position Set, with the Devils? Second best goalie of all time. Behind Dom Hasek? Uh, Patty Wah, but... Oh, uh, okay, okay. I think... Okay, they, okay. okay. The, that's, that's, pretty, that's three pretty good options.
1: It goes Patrick, Martin, the Dominator, if he, Terry Sawchuk, I don't know. I wasn't around when Terry <laughs> Sawchuck played, so I can't throw that in the mix. Um. No, but it is cool to see him back at the organization. I do remember him, you know, his best work came with the St. Louis Blues, obviously, on the ice. So uh, interesting that he would leave the uh, the blue and yellow for the, the red and black of the New Jersey Devils. But mm-hmm. um, no, it's good for the team. It's good for the organization. And they're thriving right now. I mean, they're still top three in the league. They look great. We've, we've said on this show about how just getting, you know, not great, but just consistent level of goaltending that like, 904 save percentage just you see how much that carries a team that could score like the devils can to to you know success it, it's not like that hasn't been there the whole time it's just they've really lacked in the coaching department and the goaltending department and you know i still think they lack in the coaching department but they're getting what they need from the goaltenders which you know more directly affects the on ice performance and they're thriving because of it they're a great team and it's cool i you know i love when like not everybody deserves a job just because they played for the team, but I I do enjoy – that that was a shot at Jeff Saturday, by the way. Um, oh, nice. Not everybody deserves to just become the general manager the coach just because they were a good player. But, you know, I do like when some guys try to – they don't just, you know – I guess it's not nepotism because that's, like, in the family, but, like, when guys aren't just handed, like, the coaching job or the GM job, but they actually want to be a part of the organization. Let me start, you know, as a pro scout or, uh, you know – Player development kind of coach, and then they work their way up. I always think that's cool. And uh, to see a guy with the stature of Mark Tambro Door want to do that is awesome. So,
0: mm-hmm. kudos. I love it. I love it. Keep the, uh, it's fun to see the Devils good mm-hmm. and rolling. Uh, they're, they're a team that hockey I feel like is better for or better with a good New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go north of the border. Evander Kane, scary moment. Have you, uh, did you watch the video or did you see it kind of going on in real time? So, I
1: won't watch it because I will yeah. say this and I saw the screen grabs of it. So mm-hmm. when I played, that was my biggest fear. Um, it wasn't the head injuries. It wasn't the concussions. It was, it was the skates. And, you know, I, I seen it happen to a couple of friends, you know, to, to lesser extent than what happened with Evander Kane, but it's always sure. been a fear of mine. Um, so I'm not able to watch that video. Like, honestly, like I, I can't, it just, it's a trigger point for me, but uh, I'm glad to see that he's all right. It just the the scary thing, and not to be like Debbie Downer over here. It just it makes you think like how often this happens at like local rinks and whatnot, where the hospital is like forty minutes away. But Evander yeah. Kane, like they have the best medical on site, get him immediately into an ambulance to like the local hospital, whereas opposed to you know anywhere else across the country, you're in some barn in the middle of you know Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and like the, the hospital is forty minutes away. It's it's a tough spot. So it just that's kind of to give you an insight into the psyche of why that, you know, kind of scares me so much is because it happens more than you think. And and it's an injury that it's an injury that's you unique to hockey and other than any other sport.
0: So. Yep. We were talking about it in the locker room last night. Like, man, this it's real. I mean, we are, we're playing men's league, we're playing beer league, but like that can still happen. Granted there's no contact. So it's, or, you know, limited yeah, so it gets fall
1: in a corner or something like that yeah it's just, you yeah. fall
0: in a corner and you fall in front of the net and just kind of things happen yeah and so it's just like you're, you're a little extra careful on the skates after seeing something like this mm-hmm. uh glad to hear he's gonna be okay he's gonna be out three to four months it sounds like with uh you know it's one thing the blood like blood vessels and arteries are remarkably resilient once you patch those up the body has a really good way of healing that stuff but it's the the tendons yes. and stuff like that when you when you get the nerves and the tendons. That's what takes a long time to heal and regenerate. A lot of the times you have to take a tendon from somewhere else and pop it in. and Which is and, why
1: like the the wording, you know, from the medical side of things, when he came out of, you know, the hospital, the wording was procedure and not, you know, stitches or anything like that because he had exactly. that damage to, you know, the ligaments and the wrist. Because like, the, you know, like you said, veins and, and vessels and all that shit, they bleed like, like crazy. They bleed like a stuck pig. And that's why mm-hmm. there was so much blood. But those are, yep. you know, if you get enough pressure on that and tourniquet that up, he'll be all right. It's more so, you know, basically slice through every tendon in his wrist, which is. Exactly. So that's the issue with him.
0: Yep, exactly. So glad to hear he'll be, uh, he'll be okay. He'll be back. It'll take some rehab. It'll take a long time. I'm sure there'll be a little bit of, uh, you know, some nerves, right? It's kind of like a pitcher coming out after Tommy John. Like you, you don't want to ramp it up too quick. Uh, skates get a little you know i've I've had buddies get stepped on like on their not on their achilles but kind of in the front of the boot and they don't get cut necessarily but that you do pop a tendon and it's just you the confidence level and you're always a little holding your stick a little tightly out there so hoping the best for him he's been through uh he's been through a lot some some deserved uh criticism of evander kane some undeserved maybe from a certain twitter account or instagram account that might be from a certain member of his uh, family at some point so there's a lot going on with him obviously behind the scenes obviously we haven't been the biggest fan of his for good reason on some occasions but when it comes to injuries and health you always want people healthy so best of luck to evander kane and uh and his recovery glad to hear he's going to be able to come back and play uh let's go or uh let's stay with the last name Kane. What can you tell us about what's happening with the Chicago Blackhawks? Maybe a little better start than some people expected, but two uh balloon contracts and and in, in Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves that have been talked about being movable, perhaps NRD.
1: Yeah, they're movable with the 50%, you know, salary retain. I mean, Kane, I I would have to look up the the Taves thing, but you know, the the Patrick Kane contract is so engraved into my brain after how many questions I got about it in the off season. <laughs> So at 50%, he's basically like 4.25 or in that range for, for a team that's acquiring him. That's very attainable. You know, as we know, the cap space accrues daily as you get closer to the deadline. So a team that can save up, you know, four and a half million, you're going to have a shot at Patrick Kane. Now the Chicago Blackhawks have said that they're not going to move Kane at this time. And that Kane isn't interested in the trade right now especially because of that start that you mentioned, they've been decent. Um, and, it, and it seems like everything's kind of up for grabs in the West right now with the faltering Colorado and St. Louis has been on a skid and Minnesota's not playing consistent. And Seattle's like one of the best teams in the West and that, you know, just waiting for the shoe to drop there with them. So like, I think, uh, sorry, Chicago is in that uh, situation where it's like kind of wait and see because of the moves that, you know, stan bowman made in the past couple of years with the acquiring of you know seth jones and all these moves like you kind of have to wait and see because if you commit to a full rebuild when you're still kind of competitive you're giving up a chance at making the playoffs which could be valuable for that organization and you never know when it comes to playoff hockey if a team gets hot or you get hot goaltending or you face a team with cold goaltending you could steal a couple of games so i think it's at a standstill right now on patrick kane jonathan taze there's teams interested in him i, I think there's a Beautiful fit in Edmonton playing uh, playing on a line with Connor McDavid. That would be fantastic to see. There's a couple of fits out in the Eastern Conference. I think Boston, who's looked for a center for so long, and they brought back David Krejci at such an affordable rate that maybe at 50% retained, they can make that move come deadline season. Um, but there's fits for Jonathan Tays, but I think you're in the same bucket there where it's like he's the heart and soul of that team. He's been the captain forever. Do you really want to move them until you know for sure that you're out of it? And I think that's where uh, I keep wanting to say Colorado. I think that's where Chicago is with a lot of these guys right now is do we really want to trade the heart and soul staples of this club until we know for sure that we have to make that move? And I I think teams are calling. I think teams are getting shut down right now.
0: It's interesting. I mean, they they should if you like they're going to have to they're going to have to studs this thing at some point Mm -hmm. and it's going to start with those two. It, like, it has to, in a way, because you can't just, you can't rebuild until you rebuild. And those two are, uh, you know, I'm sure not looking to do that. And they're probably saying, well, we have the cap space, let's, let's just make things happen. And so just a, a weird situation there. And then they start off okay, and all of a sudden it's like, well, we're kind of riding some momentum. And same thing with the coyotes avalanche are going to get healthy at some point the wild will get healthy at some point but predators and blues are two teams in their division that are just like what are they what's kind of what's going on there mm-hmm. especially the blues i mean that's been we we talked about it last week like what's what's the deal? it doesn't like their goal differentials not even and they're just losing weird bounce games they're they're getting smoked a lot yeah. of the time
1: i mean they won last night they stopped the skid There were, from what I saw on Twitter, there were some brown paper bags over the heads of St. Louis (laughs) fans out there, so it's already falling apart, but no, it's just, it goes to show you that things are up for grabs, and you know, you mentioned Nashville, we're talking about St. Louis right now, and there are other teams out there, they're really only, in my eyes right now, there's only one really, really good team in the West, and that's the Vegas Golden Knights. Outside of them, you look at the other two teams that are top of the Pacific Division, It's the Los Angeles Kings and the Seattle Kraken. So I think things are just wide open in the Western Conference right now, whereas the East we've had our staples for some years now. The Boston Bruins, the New York Islanders, you know, except for last year, the Rangers are good. Carolina's good. I think things are wide open right now. And, you know, going back to the Evander Kane thing, I wouldn't be surprised if that injury hurts the Oilers more than we really think of in the moment. Evander Kane's been a big contributor for them
0: huge huge contributor that and that's why you know if if you're gonna make a move do you do it now and because you like it's not that it's not like you know if Evander Kane was gonna come back in three or four weeks you kind of just okay let's let's hold down the fort for a little bit but no that's that's three you know at least three months and and that's one of those injuries that even when he comes back it's not going to be 100%. He'll be able to play but that shot will be affected. Mm-hmm. That passing will be affected. The confidence will be affected. they will be fine. Conditioning I'm I'm sure won't be a problem. He'll be able to skate and do everything all the time. But it's going the the stick side of that game is going to be affected for sure until he has a full off season to really let that thing heal. Absolutely. And I think cuz you know he's going to want to get back on the ice as soon as, soon, as possible. Yeah,
1: and he's going to he's going to be skating within next, you know four to six weeks. I think the issue with making that move now, and this is not so much an Edmonton issue, but just a, an issue, you know, a consequence of them wanting to make a move now because things are so wide open. And because teams that we expected to kind of be bottom dwellers are better than expected right now. Mm-hmm. Who's really available across the Like Philly, a team that we expected to be in the bottom half of the league is up there. The Islanders are good. Again, the Devils are great. You know, the, the Eastern Conference staples of the Rangers, the Canes, the the Bruins, those teams aren't selling off. Maybe you can look at Montreal. Columbus, the only two guys I think that really provide a value to the Edmonton Oilers that replicates Kane is, you know, Patrick Line and Johnny Couture. They're not going anywhere. So, like, unless you can go hit up Arizona and try to pry one of Clayton Keller or one of those guys out of there, I don't really know where Edmonton's addition comes from because teams are still trying to find their footing. And when you look at those bottom dwellers, like, Detroit and whatnot that would we would have thought were sell off clubs, they're in the mm-hmm. thick of things. They're they don't want to make those moves right now. They want to see where things, you know, progress as we get closer to March. So that's the issue with Edmonton wanting to make a move now.
0: I'll throw a name in the mix. Victor Oliveson. But Buffalo, I mean, are you are you giving up the run? Because they're still in the thick yeah, of things. Uh, no, I I I'm I'm saying that as I don't want it to happen, but there's a little bit of uh call it call it smoke there. Interesting. Yeah. No, so I'm we'll gonna leave it at that's, that. That's, that's I'm gonna leave it there. I don't want this to happen. But ruminate some, on that, cold stove. Uh, we'll do some ruminating film. on that. Um before we get out of here for the day, NRD, some retired player news. Louis Eriksson and Nicholas Jalmerson heading over to Sweden to play uh to play in some leagues over there which got me thinking is there any market in your mind for like the champions tour of the NHL where it's like guys who are recently retired playing some sort of competitive hockey if they want to not kind of this non-contact game see hockey's a tough
1: sport to do that in and it's much like I, football i
0: kind of agree it's with
1: like like golf it works because you can golf till you're 85 it's just these guys sure. don't want to play in four round tournaments you know with you know 80 man field anymore so they go to the champions tour and they collect you know million dollar purses left and right It works in you know i'm trying to fit like it, it could work in the nba like the big three league right it works in the in, mm-hmm. in basketball because that's another sport where it's not as physical as it once was, but you got some younger guys like, you know, Glenn Davis and, you know, Jason Williams and these guys can still play and still handle the ball and can shoot. And they just don't have to play a physical game anymore. I think hockey's a sport where it's just, it's too physically demanding. And when guys give it up, they're giving it up for a reason. They're not giving it up because yeah. they're still in shape to play the game. And I think that's the, the, bumping the road, the wall, if you will, to to having a champions tour of the NHL. It's just that I don't think these guys want to stop playing. I think they're doing it because they physically can't anymore. So to tell them to go back out there is just, it's tough. And I don't think anybody wants to watch that either.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's fun for the alumni game or like at the winter classic, you do the, the, the alumni on the, on the pond or something like that. That's, that's fun Mm -hmm. watching it once. I I agree with you. I don't think there's a league potential. And by the way, on the Victor Olofsson thing, I'm not saying smoke like gonna happen. I'm saying there's like if if there's pieces on the move to somewhere, he's one of them. He's one of them. Yeah. yeah. So that's all I mean by that. I'm not don't don't directly connect those just yet, mm-hmm. but that's that's a piece. There you go. If you will. Um lastly, PK Suban retired from the NHL and going right into the ESPN analyst role how uh how 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 many of us saw this coming and is there anyone unless you were living under a rock that did not see this coming
1: uh i think they announced it like last year
0: at least in the, it was a kind of a he would help out right yeah Announce. it was like he'd
1: contribute and then yeah. so it was known he's gonna kill it pk pk's awesome he's a great personality i had the chance to meet him once really really genuine guy like the, the whole mm-hmm. It's not an act. He's a good guy. He's a competitor on the ice, and he's had his brush ups, you know, playing the sport. But in terms of what he does in the community, um, what he did in Montreal and Nashville and New Jersey, and now his contributions to the game outside of the on ice stuff has been
0: tremendous. I, I wish him
1: all luck. He's going to crush it.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, like his takes, like his personality, uh, knows the game obviously incredibly well. So good addition there. Uh, and you know what? I've been I've been happy with coverage. Sort of across the board, I think TNT continues to do a good job. I think ESPN Plus uh, has some issues with who is calling the game. And I also don't like how their audio has sort of been off a couple times where the audio is kind of ahead of the video feed, which is just a weird experience. And I don't know why they can't figure that out. Um, you but to... for the most part, it's, it's nice to see the NHL uh, getting – more spread out across network television and platform and streaming and there's a lot of momentum there and it's not just NBC Sports anymore. You don't have to be so coy with who's calling the games. No, I know. I, I just, I hate, I don't want to rag on people because I know they're, it's not that they're trying to be bad. Bad. They're just not right? good like, at they're, it. They're just not good. And that's, and so
1: that's so like, that's, that's the thing, I was having this discussion the other day and, and, you know, I don't know if we want to say names, I think you can all figure out who we're talking about over on the ESPN Plus side of things. Like, yeah they have a lot of talent, so it's not, it's not anything of that. Like I think Blake Bolden will have a great career in the media. I think she's awesome. You know, AJ Malesko is great. Hillary Knight's been great in her appearances on ESPN, um, in the studio. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's not that issue. It's that objectively, you know, just not necessarily the best at doing play-by-play and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. Um, on the flip side, I think that Gross is not that great at play-by-play either, if
0: we're being honest. Sure. I, he gets he gets over his skis a little bit too and he's he's good he's obviously super knowledgeable and a a, a, a great guy. And then some it's some it's some for it's, it's for some people and, it's, and yeah, for I
1: just don't I don't think he's the best year honestly. I you know, I, I think the best play-by-play guy that ESPN has right now is
0: Bob Costas. Oh, he's great. He's fantastic. He kills he's every great. role he does. So bring back bring back Gary Thorne energy. That's I'm is that where mind. we're going with this? Yeah. Bring him back. <laughs> Bring back Gary. Um, anyway, that's going to do it for us today on Cold Stove Pod. NRD, anything before we bounce out of here? All good.
1: Uh, happy Jack Eichel week. We can now end this week. Remember, We started with Remember to Remember the 4th of November. And we are Certainly finishing did. it with a Jack Eichel hat trick in Buffalo. Oh, this man. chapter of our story is over. My friends, I will see you on Twitter at NHL Rumors Daily. Not leaving. Although, you know, it's been tough out there. The real world has uh has got your boy in the past couple of weeks and months, but we will always be on there interacting with you guys and we'll be here at uh at Cold Stove Pod. I'm always here, so
0: my man, my man, enjoy your weekend. Uh NRD, I am Brett Merriman at Schmerriman on both Twitter and Instagram. We are at Cold Stove Pod on Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh enjoy everybody's weekend, watch some hockey. Happy almost Thanksgiving we'll talk about that next weekend NRD what's your favorite Thanksgiving uh Thanksgiving food, food? item
1: uh sweet potato
0: casserole mm. marshmallows Very pecans. Nice. whole nine give me uh give me some a tie for me between pecan pie and uh my dad's recipe mac and cheese Ooh. that I do on the side mac and cheese is Thanksgiving food don't let anybody tell you otherwise NRD they'll do it for us at cold stove uh Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you guys next week. See you.